Psalm 42. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember, as I pour out my soul, how I would go to the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Not for you. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil with me? Hope in God, and for I shall praise him. My salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to, to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and all your waves have gone over me. By the day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning of the op oppression of my enemy? As the deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. All right. When uh, I go to the, my search engine, like, you know, web crawler or Ash Jeeves. Um, okay, Google. Okay, Google. Uh, someone's phone just went off. Okay, Google. Okay, Google. Um, that's the Android people among us, right? Not you Siri people. Um, but I ask, I, I go to the Google, I go to the search engine just like you, we ask questions. And we're looking for information and we're controlling the query. Uh, I'll ask the question, I'll ask the questions. And uh, I think that's how we often approach the scriptures is I have a question and so I'm going to run to the scriptures and ask the scriptures to answer my question and fix it. And if, if it doesn't answer it, then I'll find some other spiritual avenue. But um, oftentimes when we approach scriptures, we're the director of the spiritual quest, um, even without knowing it. But the Psalms don't let us do that. They don't let us do that. Uh, John Calvin called the Psalms the anatomy of all the parts of the soul. That's what he called it, called the Psalms. And I think our first tendency is to go to the scriptures uh, and we want them to be informative. But we may not have a first impulse to say, oh, they're going to be formative. They're going to be formative first. Uh, there's, a, there's a book I read, uh, The Narrow Road to the Deep North by Richard Flanagan, and he, he won the Man Booker Prize for this book. What is the Man Booker Prize? It's a prize for English-speaking natives uh, for literature. Big parentheses, but not for people who live in the United States, okay? <laughs> so it's like the literary award, but not for Americans. Um, and he won this Man Booker Prize, and this was in that book. I love this quote because it's how I view the scriptures. A good book, he had concluded, 
leaves you wanting to reread the book. A great book compels you to reread your own soul. Um, this is such a great illustration of the Psalms and Scripture, is it reads us. I, I prayed for that this morning for us, just this band, um, for the Psalms to read us before we read them. This is where we're going tonight, this afternoon. Um, uh, Psalm 42 is um, where we find ourselves sometimes, okay? There's a place we find ourselves in, and there are some contributing factors to why we're in this place. Um, uh, uh, the, the counselors or therapists among us would even spot it as a spiritual depression, like Martin Lloyd-Jones call, uh, Lloyd called it. Um, and then I want to give you some survival tips for drought. Uh, uh, sometimes we need external encouragement, our friends, scripture. So, sometimes we need that, but, but it first starts as how can we self-feed ourselves? How can we self-feed in places of desert? And then, of course, I always end with the living water. That's where we want, we're going. So where do we find ourselves? I, I, I think this can be an intensely personal season for a lot of people. Um, it has variables attached to us being away from each other. And we recognize it. We want to keep on saying that. You know, there are, there, we, we don't want to underestimate a massive cultural impact being alone and apart from each other has had. And so um, that can be true. But it also is true that according to different variables, different personalities, is that it can look very different for different personalities and different persons. And so that can be in personal, um, intensely personal. But here, here's the feeling, is that um, you can have these seasons, and sometimes there are cycles, where uh, like nothing makes you glad. Right? Like... Uh, you have a disconnect, nothing tastes. The psalmist uh, says that. Uh, he says, I've, I've eaten my tears for food. Like, I've lost appetite for things. Uh, this is what it looks like for me. Sometimes, by the way, I love this. Um, uh, no, no, time out here. Um, just brief time out. If I love the sounds of little children in worship, it may, I, I do, I, I think they are glad and happy sounds of God's covenant community. So I, I would love for us to be a community that just affirms that all the time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not distracting to me. I have four kids. You think, this is like peace. This is a spa, all right? <laughs> so, so let's affirm that. Okay, um, time in. Do we say time in now? Okay. Um, uh, this is what a loss of appetite looks like for me. Um, all the music that I listen to on my Spotify just seems old and tired. I can even download a brand new album from my, uh, my favorite bands, and it just seems flat. It just seems old and tired. I'm just like, give me something new I've never heard before. Um... Even new movies that, that had all this run-up, meh, I don't know if I want to see it. I don't know if I want to commit two hours. There's a tiredness to it. No inspiration. Sometimes life feels like you're just doing the next step. 
the next responsibility. Um, normally enjoyable things all of a sudden become burdens that I'm just adding to my to-do list. That's like a spiritual depression. And there's overlap with real physical depression. Um, the psalmist says that. I've had tears for my appetite. Now that may be a little bit melodramatic for me because in private, I probably show more emotion in public than I do in private. Like I'm not in my office just, you know, mopping up tears. But it's a lowness. It's a lowness. Uh, the psalmist says this, uh, wh where's your God? Like, where, if, if, if Yahweh really is the way he is, like, where's your joy, where's your gladness, where's your help? Like, what benefit is to you that you're a Jesus follower? If you're down in the dumps and struggling and great, just as I am, like, what advantage? Where's your God? What advantage? Um, then we see in verses 5 and 11, it's a great, why are you, he's talking to his own soul. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why are you in the dumps? Why? I, I, sometimes I can pin it on something. Can't you? Like you're like, oh, this piece of bad news, right? You can kind of attach it to circumstances, but then it, don't, don't you hate it when you don't know why you're, I don't know. I don't know what put this funk on. I don't know. Why are you downcast on my soul? I, I think this is difficult because I think many of us, we can remember a time when things were hitting. They were hitting on all cylinders. Like we can remember that time. We remember when we had some, uh, something ignited. We remember like when we felt the flow. Things were working and we felt like, th that's why this is such a jarring thing is because we do remember some really amazing, sweet times in life. I can remember. Um, notice in your heart and my heart, you know when you get in this gray zone, why are you downcast on my soul? Notice the impulse in your heart and my heart to try something new. It can be a diet. It can be a routine. It can be visiting a place you've never been before. And you think, and you may not even articulate it this way, but you're like, maybe that'll jumpstart me. Maybe that's what I need. You, you know, the, the Christian version to that, especially maybe in our circles, is um, maybe I should read that book. I, I was, uh, I'll disguise this guy, but I was meeting with a, a local pastor a few weeks ago, and um, <laughs> he was in a bad place, a bad, bad place, and I, I recognize, because I've been there, you know, just, it could be the day of the week, <laughs> and he said, and don't tell me to read Gentle and Lowly which we're reading in our neighborhood groups. So, I did not say it. I did not say that we were reading it. Um, but don't you find that like in our Christian circles? Like, oh, maybe if I, I read this thing that everybody's talking about, like transforms everything. Don't you see that first impulse? Like things are gray. What's gonna get me out of it? I'll read a book. 
I'll read a book. Um, why are you downcast, O oh my soul? That's what the psalmist asks. So that's the location I think some of us can find ourselves. I wrote a blog this past week. Is For me, it, I'm always puzzled by the proximity of high to low. Like, why, why, how can I get so downcast when, like, yesterday I was jamming? It's a puzzle to me in my own heart. I'm still working that out. Um, I'll ask my counselor about it. So that's the location. Now, the psalmist actually uh, points to some contributing factors. And I, I spotted about 10 of them, but we're not going to go through all 10 of them. I'm, I'm going I'm to just highlight some, okay? Um, and I think one of the contributing factors, I think, for being in this place is that we often just listen to the wrong voice. We often just listen to the wrong voice. Um, you know that 1988, Roxette, you know what song I'm talking about, right? <laughs> listen to your heart. My kids do not want me to duplicate this. They got onto me for the last time I did this. So, uh, but listen to your heart. Now, in the lyrics for Roxette's Listen to Your Heart, uh, <laughs> It mentions listen to your heart 32 times. That's, that's, that's a high amount. Even for pop refrains, listen to your heart is a lot for Roxette, 32 times. Um, and and uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, he's a, a UK preacher now deceased. Um, I, I listened to his sermon here, and I, I'm, I am ripping him off. I'm just not telling you where I rip him off. Um, but he says we often just listen to our voice way, way too much. Because our voice carries a lot of condemnation, usually. A lot of condemnation. Um, uh, some of the ladies were in our patio this, this past Thursday. I have no idea what you talked about, but you wrote something on a whiteboard, and I saw it, and I took a picture of it. Um, and it looked like a lot of different voices that you guys listens to, listen to. I didn't even talk to my wife about this. I should do that probably, right? Um, there was like fear of other people, what your children are saying, what other parents are saying, circumstances, what work is telling you, what the evil one is telling what your dreams are yelling back at you because you haven't, you haven't arrived yet, right? Your personality, what's your sleep, your friends, your peers, world events, your roles, um, pop wisdom and podcasts, they're, they're yelling at you. Everybody has a say about how you should, what you should be doing, where you should be, and how you're not leveling up. Let, let me tell you this. Those voices, we internalize and we start listening to those voices. We really do. If I followed my heart, let me just tell you something, and you, you, do, you do, usually don't want your minister to say this, but if I followed my heart, things would end very badly for me. And you're like, huh, Tim is no longer our pastor. It's like <laughs> Monday morning. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but don't belittle what belief can do. Let me say that part again. Don't belittle what belief can do. What if you chose to believe not your own voice and all those other, but you believed another voice? Don't belittle what belief can do. See, 
What is the psalmist saying in verse 9? What is he saying? Oh, I need to remember. I need to remember a different voice. I need to remember something else because I've been listening to my voice too much. Why are you feeling so downcast, oh my soul? Now, here's another contributing factor. So one contributing factor is we listen to voices, our voice and others, that are just wrong and false and lies. Another contributing factor is this. You and I need a throng posse. Everyone's like, wait, say again? We need a throng posse. What is a throng posse? Um, I have a lot of sport memories, favorite sport memories that um, I'm, at a different time, I can tell you my top 10, okay? But one of my favorite sport memories, I was there um, in 1980, it wasn't 1987, but in 1987, uh, Pat Riley, after the, the Lakers won the championship, he, he said something really stupid. Um, and he said, <laughs> In 1988, we're going to get another championship. This is right on the heels of winning the 87. Uh, and then they went on and they won the 1988 championships. Um, for the playoff series, there was a first series there. It was like the mini wimpy uh, series. It was only like, you know, you only had to win three games. They swept the Spurs. I was at the forum for one of those games. And my friend and I wore AC green. I, I could not do that today, but we wore AC green, Jerry Curl froze with our AC green, uh, you know, jerseys and shirts. Could not do that today. Um, that's a favorite sport memory. I was there. I was there. That's a SoCal sports memory. But I know the difference between sport memories and worship memories. Because both can have a lot of emotional excitement and you're all engaged and you're like, yeah, yeah. But I know the difference between worship and sports memories. Let me tell you, I, I guess I'm, I'm going down memory lane this past week. Um, uh, do you remember Bill McCartney? He was the coach for um, uh, the co uh, Colorado football team and he started this thing called Promise Keepers. It was for dudes to come and worship and, you know, um, renew and, and, and be accountable to God's word for their families and the world. And uh, so 28 years ago, uh, I think it was around May, I pulled up an old L.A. Times article. But um, in 94, they had a Promise Keepers rally at the old Angels Stadium off of 57 there. It's not there anymore. Um, that's another, another story. And uh, uh, our uh, we were going to EV Free over there in Fullerton, and Swindoll said, hey, guys, you want to come with me? They're giving me this, this box, and I have to speak. So we go early, and we're going through all the press boxes, and um, we're leaning over, and they had that old corrugated metal, and there were baseballs stuck in there, so we were, like, getting baseballs out of the court. It was, it was great. Um, that's not part of the story. I don't know why I added that little detail just for your fun. Uh, but there was an amazing moment that is pretty indelible, and I do have a lot of critiques, but this was an amazing moment, is all these dudes who looked radically different, at some point were singing Amazing Grace a cappella. We didn't fill a stadium, so it wasn't like a full stadium. I can't give you that story. But it was a lot. And I remember it 
And it was powerful. Powerful. I know the difference between sports and worship. It was huge. Now let me tell you something. This is what this is what the psalmist is saying in, in Psalm 42. He says, I know the power of a throng posse. What does he say in verse four? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. So these, this psalm and other psalms are done by the sons of Korah. What they are, they're the, the worship musicians for the temple. And so he had a huge job and he goes, and that what they do is they come in and they come in like a procession and, and there is music and there are shouts and there's a whole, and we should do that next week, right? He goes, I remember when I was with the throng. I remember. Let me just tell you something. We need a throng posse. It gives so much health to praise together. I don't even have to make that case because you know what? You all have experienced it coming back. You're like, oh, I forgot and this is kind of sweet to my soul. See, a contributing factor to this lowness is that you've left the throng posse and you can't be there. This is a contributing factor. What's another one? Here's another contributing factor for that lowness is that we've gorged ourselves on input. Same verse four. Check this out. Sons of Korah, he's speaking about his experience, and he says this, I led them. I led them in procession with glad shouts and songs of praise. I, I was... I was vital and integral to making it happen for the throng posse. I was vital. I remember when I gave things that mattered to people. And he's not there now. I don't know why. I don't know what's keeping this worship musician and this guy who crafts. I don't know what's keeping him from the temple. I don't. It doesn't tell that. Maybe he's in exile. Maybe he's captive. I don't know. The text doesn't tell us. But, it, but this is what it sounds like he doesn't have. He doesn't have spiritual employ. He doesn't have spiritual employ. I don't mean a job. I mean something that he is connecting to the gifts that his, God, his father has given him, and he is using them for the flourishing of his friends and a broader community. Some of you, that is your vocation and your work. It is. And if you've been able to make the connection and say, how does this benefit my fellow man and woman? How does this benefit a greater culture? Because these gifts he's given me, I'm giving back. Like, I don't want you to think here is, oh, Tim's talking about like a volunteer team. That could be it, but I'm gonna tell you, from most of my observations over the years, it's like, I don't think your greatest spiritual employ is, I don't know, putting out cones. It could be, but that's not what I'm talking about. 
I'm talking about giving from your gifts to the benefit. Like, that's spiritual employee, and it doesn't have to happen between the hours of worship. Like, that's, that's kind of weird. Oh, it can only happen there on Sunday when you go to church. I volunteer. No, I'm not talking about that. But it sounds like some of what's contributing to his lowness is that I don't feel, connect, I don't feel unvital in giving my gifts back so other feels, uh, another person feels health and flourishing and vitality. A contributing factor is that we don't, we are not employed spiritually. So, those are contributing factors. Um, uh, maybe one little side note for the gorging of input. I think um, why we need, need to do things is that um, Physically, if I have too much input, like say food and drink, and there's no output, Tim just, I noticed that first part of the court, I started a balloon. It's the same thing spiritually. Uh, if I can be just straight with you, you guys always let me be straight. You're like, you do? Um, um, I puzzle in my head over longtime Jesus followers who are always pining for another Bible study. Because I, 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 I'm like, I'm not sure you need more input. I'm not so sure. I think maybe you need some spiritual employ. Could be a contributing factor to the grayness. All right. Survival tips for a drought. This is being able to find water when there are just no springs, no ponds, no water faucets around. Um, you know, verse, verses one and two, it says, as the deer pants for water. Now, if you were part of a 90s youth group, um, this song, this song was high rotation. As the deer panteth for the water, so my ba 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 ba. And you know what you think? You think, all right, cute little Bambi, but thirsty. Oh, stop it! All of the cute, right? As the deer panteth for the water, so. All right, I don't want to ruin this song for you because it's still true but you need a different picture while you're singing it, okay? Um, I know this because I spent some time in the um, southeast United States in Alabama where they are avid deer hunters. But a deer who has consistent access to water gets it generally the same time of day, usually, usually around dusk. They go out, they get their water, they don't need water, until the next time, the next, next time at dusk where they go out, find their water, that's it. When a deer is panting for water, something has gone horribly wrong. They have had no access to water. And their tongue swells up, and they can hardly breathe, and they are panting to find anything. As the deer panteth for, oh, 
Oh, oh, yeah, that's a little different. That's a little different. Do you know, do you know what this song is? It's, it's about desertion. And I mean that in the desert sense. It feels like God is not behind you. Um, we, we, we went hiking to the Mojave Preserve uh, for the first part, like one day before, you know, on spring break, and um, th- there's, this, there's this, you can climb everywhere, and there's this little place where a little crack, and there's rings they've put in the rocks to get up this mountain. And um, my, my youngest son, uh, he, he kind of did great when he just feels the hand on the back. Like, yeah, I mean, if anything goes wrong, gotcha. But he felt really, really nervous when he didn't feel the hand, even though someone was behind him. He got really nervous and doubting and scared. Don't you feel like that sometimes? Like, oh, I feel like he took away his hand, but we don't know that his presence is still there. But I, I don't feel the hand. I don't feel the hand. I don't feel the hand. As the deer panted for. Um, you know, Martin Lloyd-Jones said that we listen to our hearts too much. And he says, this is a survival tip for you, is you need to talk to your heart more than you listen to your heart. That's a survival tip. Uh, Talk to your heart. And it sounds like this. You are what? Heart. Jesus will do the saving of me. I'm not in charge of that. Like, whatever's going to happen, I don't know how I'm going to be delivered. I've got all these anxieties. I've got these words. I don't know if it's going to be happening. There's all these eventualities and circumstances. Jesus will do the delivering heart. That's one. What's another one? Heart, you have all the clout and you have all the status. You know when Twitter first came out and I got on it and some of the first things start to get retweeted? You know what? I got down to a separate website, that stupid clout website. It's like, what are my clout numbers today? What are my clout? Am I valuable? Am I worth it? That is garbage. It's nonsense and it's garbage. You know why? I have all the clout because I am what? I'm a daughter. I mean, I'm not a daughter. I'm a son of the most high. You're a daughter. You're a son. You have all the clout. You have all the status. You're an heir. You have clout already. You don't need it. Heart, you have the clout. You have the clout, heart. You need to hear. Heart, he will guide me. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know where to go, what to do. Heart, he will guide you. I feel like he's gone. Heart, I, I, I think he's, the hand is deaf. I am with you. I am with you. I, am with, I will accompany you. My spirit is with you. My spirit is with you. See, see we talk, we, this is a drought survival technique is you have to talk to your heart more than listen to it. Now, how? How do we do that? It's because we have living water. Um, Do you feel like God has removed his hand from your back and maybe walked out of the building and you're afraid to look back? It's only a feeling. 
because he removed his hand from his own son and he did walk away. But he walked away so that you'd be secure and he would never walk away. Are, are you feeling thirsty in this gray, gray, gray place? Well, he was given sour vinegar when he was thirsty. He said, I thirst. Here's some sour vinegar on a stick. And he did that so we could have living water. Our heart is wrong. Don't listen to your heart like Roxette said. I'm in the 80s, late 80s tonight. Um, Jesus says something different about you. And that's what we repeat on loop. On loop. And it's based on what he's done, he's doing, and will. It's just, it's about him. And we listen to it over and again. Remember it, believe it, receive it, listen to it. Talk to your own soul again and again and again. Now that's refreshing. And it does satisfy. Let's pray into that. Jesus, um, uh, there is, for, for a lot of us, um, we have people all over the map. Like Some people are not in this dark grayness. But they need to hear it so that they have a strategy when they are. And some of us are in that cycle of grayness. Why are you downcast? And we ask that you would meet them there with real water to stop the swelling and the panting Would you satisfy our hearts in you? In Jesus' name, amen.